It's noteworthy. It's noteworthy that the best joke of the night is the worst joke, which does not even intend to be funny. So, well, that, that's the that's the postmodernist irony, man. That's it's like the, it's like the, what, uh, what you interpret as reality, man, is like uh, whatever, uh, man. Let's so let the, let's let the, the the ruckus begin. Let's let the ruckus begin. Let's let the happy hour begin. Dennis, oh, my man. Hey, how I've heard you've been. Uh, nothing is more fun than reinstalling Windows. I know, well, as an IT person, but uh, you've been uh, up to. Ah, you got the joke. Look at that. It's a joke. Yeah, yeah. Well, these were, I reconditioned them, so I didn't uh, replace them. But uh, because the underlying structure of the wood was sound, I needed to just clean them up well, any rotting board replaced, which was very little, uh, very little. And um, a little wood putty, some caulk, and eight coats of paint. Damn, that's a lot of paint. but not all on the same surface, so you don't even wear eight, co- eight coats in winter in Michigan, do you? Oh, no, I don't. You get it. You got it. Here's the thing: paint coats are like paint. Coats are like the, paint. The better the layers, coat, the fewer you need. That's so right? true, man. So because I'm using a, a, a paint product that comparatively is second shelf and costs appropriately second shelf, it's thinner and it doesn't cover quite as well. But I'd rather have that. So it's not paint thinner; it's thinner paint. Correct. Right. It's water based, so there is no paint thinner involved. Clean up with water. Not. It's not oil but based. Does it not rain? What of is made rain if not water? Man. <laughs> it, it will rain, but it'll be dry uh, before so, it rains. So you can only clean up the paint with water when it's wet. Which is ironic. Uh, yeah. It more wet. Otherwise, otherwise, of course, it doesn't actually dry firm for four hours. So there's varying degrees of, just like the story I told you about paint drying. Remember that? I I dream about it. Should well, twice twice maybe a week. It's worth repeating. Okay. It, Let me. I'm going to go sit on the sofa, and uh, <laughs> I'll be back in a little bit. But at any rate, what that means is while it comes off rather easily immediately when it's still very wet. It'll continue to come off with varying degrees of scrubbing mm-hmm. for the next several hours. And Various then when it dries to a certain point, you have to paint over it. It won't right. scrub clean. It dries too much. I could probably clean it up for realistically without any smudging within three or three, two or three minutes. After that, it's hard to clean it up without leaving a smudge. But anyway, I had to do a glazing. I I I had thought of a new way to do glazing, and um, before I tried it, I confirmed it with a YouTube. A guy who must be true then acted like it was his idea. No, he showed me in the video, mm-hmm. which I which I already knew was helpful. But instead of using glaze, which takes four to five hours to harden, um, I instead uh, used a really light uh, weight spackling. Yes, you mentioned but, that last time. Well, yes. I did talk about that. Yeah. Well, anyway, so yeah, eight to ten hours per unit. So glazing, like I I googled glazing, and it. My understanding of that word was sort of confirmed in that when I was in England uh, 17 years ago, uh, everyone, uh, when we were buying houses and looking at houses and stuff, everyone was very pleased about their double glazing, Uh meaning that there was uh, two panes of glass in the window with a little pocket of air, air, uh, I suppose. And 
our newest windows here are also there's a little pocket of air in there uh so double glazing i guess in that case it just means glazing means putting in a pane of glass well it's uh it's it's a it's a unique use of the word it's very descriptive mm-hmm. on the face of it because you are putting into what is it a four pane or a six pane or a sure. two pane window yeah yeah which is it yes or no? four six eight man there's less like there's like you don't know i got i got so much pain man how many squares are in your window two i've got two pane windows here how many pieces of glass with with uh edges in the window that i'm thinking about now uh three three you weren't thinking about an odd number were you i wasn't but there it is um which means there's six pieces of glass and it's double pane no, there's three pieces. Well, yes, three. Yes, yes. And I don't call that double glazed. I call that double paned, but it's the same principle. But here on the face of it is this. For every piece of glass in there, you are double glazing. You're glazing twice. Because glazing not only refers to, I think this is a unique use of the word, but it actually also refers to putting the putty in that holds that pane of glass to the wood using mm-hmm. also push pins, which you may be familiar with. It's a, I've talked about them. It's yes, yes. That you push in yes. and then the glazing covers that. Glazing dries out, and when it dries out, it chips away from the wood and the glass, and sometimes it all falls out, which is sometimes easier when only part of it falls out, because when part of it falls out, it's in there like rock. And when you try to chip it out, which isn't recommended, you can slip and break the glass. So what you do instead is you put new glazing over the top of it. (laughs) And in order to do that, you've got to increase the depth of the glazing. And if one of the four lines of the pane are thicker than the other three to a degree that's notable, it looks odd. So there's another way to uh, fix a broken putty, a broken glaze. And I did that, which is to put a glob of it on my finger and just smooth it over with my finger until I was happy with it. If my finger was dry, I would get it slightly moist. I know, I know, I know, I know. So uh, the double paned windows that I'm referring to uh, are actually aluminum, not wood. Which... So they're not glazed at all in this case. There's no glazing in aluminum. They're sliding into into. Uh... Okay, sure. And in PVC? Also not true. Also not glazed. True. That's the plastic is white or whatever color. It's, that's a good thing about uh, plastic windows is if you scratch the window because the vinyl that is used to make them, it's not actually plastic, but it's kind of a plastic, but the vinyl is all one color. Right. So if you take a chunk out of the window, it doesn't show very much because it's the same color underneath throughout that it is in the, on the top. Right. So we, what we have just had done what I assume you would call glazing, where we had our local glacier, glass guy, I call him, come in and he redid the, so our kitchen door, had six panes of glass that was sort of like blurred. Yeah. Um, opaque. And, uh, opaque is wrong. Um, and was it warped? It would, it, it, you couldn't, you could get the light through, but you couldn't see uh, everything. Um, and translucent? Translucent is the word, yes. Uh, but uh, the missus re- required, uh, requested uh, clear, <laughs> clear glass. And you were, right. you were right the first time. <laughs> and and so we had the local glass guy come in and in our wooden door uh, put in clear glass, uh, which you know whatever that, that's the thing. Yeah, well, it's nicer. It, like it depends on. So 
her her reasoning was, uh, look, uh, our kitchen door is right when you enter the apartment, and uh, it's nice to get light or to know if the light is on in the kitchen from the from the door. Uh, but if it's totally clear, then any sort of mess that you have in the kitchen can be seen by any visitor oh, or whatever. Hmm. So there's that logic. Uh, I kind of liked the uh, not totally crystal clear seeing through, but um, I was overruled. Um, but it was in fact required. Indeed. And but my main question to you is: oh, I didn't know there was a question coming. Is, all ears. Shoot. Is how question do you like your, one. How do you like your donuts? Single glazed or double glazed? Um, actually, no glaze at all. Well, now I also used to be a potter and used to put uh, glazing on my pots right. and burn them in a, in a glazing oven. Used to burn pot, and then man. The glaze uh, melted into fantastic colors. Right. And I had then glazed pots. I gazed at them. I took them with me to the pasture and I grazed with them. Yes. Did you? And then to celebrate Elvis's birthday, I went to Graceland. But you didn't blaze some pot? No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Wrong again. Okay. Uh, very, very good. Uh, that's interesting news. So, oh, our... so uh, uh, oh. Westworld is over. Westworld is over. Hmm? So if you ever were, I thought you were going to. It's, it's all the way over. Like done. Uh, it's not been, to my knowledge, it's not been re-upped. But boy, did they leave it so that it might be. Don't they all? Well, smart. Well, Maybe Eastworld is a spinoff. Well, they they had well, you don't you don't know, but they had many worlds. It wasn't just Westworld. Okay, well, I don't care. There was uh, a there was a there was an Asian world. It was called uh, not Shogun Land or vaguely uh, Shogun World that. or yeah. So, uh, I am also mourning the death of a series. Um, better call Saul. The, oh, I never did uh, catch it, but I, I but, read so much about it. But you, but you haven't, you haven't seen Breaking Bad either, right? So does one precede the other? <laughs> the irony of that question is fantastic. Uh, so Breaking Bad came out first, and because Breaking Bad was so good, they were able to make a spinoff called Better Call Saul that is a prequel. Ah, and so they had this amazing like. What a what a corner to paint yourself in as a as a drama writer to say okay we're gonna write this we're gonna show how this character that you know from this show uh, was created and all the characters like there were some characters that were just like a throw off line in Breaking Bad where where um, Saul uh, said oh you know did Lalo sent you. Uh, and that was like not a thing that was a thing at all. Like, that was just a throw off line. But then they like created this whole uh, storyline uh, behind this character that was just a brief mention. And of course, not knowing at the time when they did, it was exactly a throwaway line. Exactly, exactly. It was a throwaway line. That's the and, creative process working backwards. That's fascinating. Exactly. And so they built this thing that was uh, like destined, like it had to finish up. Like there were characters that you knew couldn't be killed because they right. appeared later. And uh, it was a really fascinating uh, process and i uh, i've been listening to a podcast uh, where like every after every episode they talk like for an hour the creators of the show about like uh-huh. how they made that episode which is super fascinating i would love more of that from other uh now do you, do you watch the uh post show notes for uh barry for example see i don't get those that's weird yeah you you, you have them in via your 
HBO or whatever, but yeah. I don't because I have a different HBO via Spain and ah. they just have paid for part of it or whatever. Right. Uh, so uh, that's that's interesting. I would love that stuff. But um, well, what's 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 always um, uh, and no no spoiler here because you recognize it. But what is is the case is the degree to which when they're writing an episode, they really don't have any plan whatsoever about what's going to happen next because they're Same. not sure. The only thing they know is they want to get this episode done. Right. And what happens next is, is you know, and sometimes they might have a one or two general storylines that they're going to weave their yep. way through. So there's a beginning, middle, and an end of the season. Um, but uh, how they say, you know, when, when we listen to that episode again and what, uh, you know, what, what my co-producer, my co-writer, whoever it is right. in this case, what Bill wrote was so wonderful that, uh, we just decided to run with it. We had no idea at the time we were going to. Exactly. But we ran with it, and because of that, we created this entire storyline. You know, and and it's like wow. Yeah, the the, the better cross all people do the same thing. Where, uh, but they have um, they have stories where like a particular actor that was going to be just a throwaway person just fucking killed it. Uh huh. And and they and then they were like, well, we need to see more of this character. Let's write more right. of this character. And uh, some of the characters that finished and were the most important ones in Better Call Saul were ones that were booked for one or two episodes where they were just like, we need this person to, we need a character to, for the, as a foil for the main character or whatever. Same, same and then, actors? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if, if the actor really crushes it, then they they look for a way to write that person back in. And so the Better Call Saul is not so preliminary to Breaking Bad that you, you don't have to show an adult in, uh, Breaking Bad, who's a teenager, in Better Call Saul, They're, the proximity of the years is closer. True, true. Uh, great question. Uh, when they do have, so they've, so uh, aside from the main character uh, Saul, uh, they m almost none of the characters that were later in Breaking Bad are in Better Call Saul. Uh, towards the end, they did a little bit of overlap where they had the primary characters of, of Breaking Bad uh -huh. appear in Better Call Saul, and. Uh, they told me, they told me, yeah. they, they mentioned in the podcast that, um, that, uh, those were recorded like, like normally they, uh, normally they, they write and, and shoot and write and shoot and write and shoot. But, uh, these particular cameos from the stars of Breaking Bad, uh, were booked like almost a year earlier. So they like had to write sort of what that cameo would look like in episode far away from now. And they shot that and then they could, you know, sort of tie that in. But, um, but no, almost uh, almost none of the characters overlap, and they do do. I mean, Hollywood makeup, man, it uh, it's magical. Uh, yeah. They can they can make they can make you look uh, ten years younger, ten years older. And uh, one clever thing that I uh, that I appreciate is towards the end where they were getting up to like the seam where they had to break from from here to the to the known universe. Uh, they did this trick where they jumped to in front. Like to to ahead, a front a front ahead, uh, to after the Breaking Bad universe. So really? so they and they did this with uh, they went from color to black and white. So the super future oh, is black and white. The, which is the the normal breaking the normal Better Call Saul time is in black is in color, and then the future after Breaking Bad happened is in black and white. The true is, sequel. The yeah, uh, writing the sequel because it could be because you because they needed to show where this character that they had spun off from ended up in the future. 
uh-huh. uh, to make it satisfying. Make it make sense. So anyway, it was um, it was amazing. I think they fucking nailed it. And, and so Better Call Saul just ended. That was the yes. end. Yes. Yes. So now you've you've got uh, how many seasons were there? Three. Uh, six. Six. Wow. Yeah. How many? And, per? Seven, eight, ten. Uh, this last episode was season six, episode thirteen. So a dozen. Man. But but it was so. And setting that that goal of like, uh, I think I've mentioned this here before, but whatever. Uh, it's sort of like um, Apollo thirteen, the movie. Yeah. It's like the history has written what has happened, right? And so, how do we make that dramatic? Like, maybe they won't make it back. Uh, and how they were able to do that and make it excruciating. Like that's just good writing. Which which mean well, and it what it means is that they focus on people's emotions. Right, of course. And it, and it, and it wasn't about what was happening as much as it was about what people were feeling. I mean, that iconic scene when he dumps a a box of materials on the yes, desk. that's so fucking good. That's the best scene. And of here much it is. Cinema. You have to make it work with just this. Yep, that's You've got so two good. Hours. That's one of the best. That's probably the best engineering scenes in all of cinema like whether or not that happened who knows but uh as a scene fantastic yeah well so is how about how many seasons was breaking bad seven or eight i think and how many per for that so probably eight uh breaking bad episodes 60 64 and 80 140 uh, only five seasons Five. So. And, but they were, let's see, number overall, uh, 62 in total. So that's 142 between the two of them. That's 142 hours of viewing. Yes. So if and, I went to Netflix, I would have my work cut out for me for about the next year. Okay, I don't, I think Breaking Bad is available on Netflix. Um, and and what, have we, what have we heard about the old man? Uh, any noise out there about a second season? I'm sure there will be. I hope no. it's not on. Although, although I heard that the uh, the creators uh, heard our last episode where I didn't really know what the fuck was going on, and so they've decided to uh, do another <laughs> one. So I can they're, fucking. They're gonna re- they're gonna repeat the uh, climax just yes. for you. Yes, previously on, for you for you for you dumb fucks. Oh yes. lord, yeah, I was uh, I was a bit taken back. I, I was I thought well he must have binged like several episodes one night and was semi-comatose by the time the climax came. I mean, that's uh, not entirely false, but uh, yes. Yeah. Well, so there's, there's a limit to how much you can absorb. But the main the main point, one would think you would. But uh, to be clear, and like the, the people on the on the Better Call Saul podcast uh, uh, talked about this, uh, Breaking Bad is probably some of the best television in the last 20 years. I've like, seen some of the best. It's, so I, I, uh, it's really, really good. And I think most of it is on Netflix. Uh, Better Call Saul, the first few seasons are on Netflix, but not the latest because uh, they want to like sell to their vendors on AMC. Uh, but the, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's pretty darn good. So our, our painting, our painters are done. Ah. They... Uh, they said, uh, hey, is there anything else we can help, help out with? And I was like, Phew. I've got a list of like four or five things here that uh, I would rather you do than me. 
and so like they drilled a hole through some ceramic tile and hung a hung a whiteboard in the kitchen and uh some other stuff that's that's smart it would have been difficult for me just but, but for them like uh so as an example our whiteboard uh you know typical whiteboard with a with a wooden wooden uh border and there were you know those little eye hole uh screw things that you do to like put into hooks mm-hmm. um i had i had put in like extra of those because i had attempted to attach it to the wall with like suction cups so i there were like four little little hooks and uh but that had failed because we woke up one we woke up several mornings and the thing was on the floor and so i said um hey man can you like screw this in and and i said you don't need to use all four of these and he was like i'm not gonna use any of these i'm not gonna put the eye holes in. i'm not gonna put the hooks at the top i'm gonna put them along the side so you don't see the hooks shooting up from the from the top right. uh, like, like duh and uh, i was like oh uh, yeah sure yeah do that <laughs> <laughs> and so he, so he did it fucking perfectly uh right. like these things that are so uh, like difficult they wouldn't occur to me are so obvious to someone that does that in the same way that if this guy wanted a website you know i'd be like no don't do what your first seven ideas are i'll tell you what to do well what's funny is that you know there are these there there are these uh really quick youtube videos really quick where a guy who's a handyman is showing you in rapid order five or six unique things how to hang wire using clips and and uh one thing you know that he did was he took a he took a plastic pipe, PVC pipe that was about four inches through it, through, four inches uh, tall. I would, so as you say, not circumference but diameter. Mm-hmm. And he cut a piece of it, and then he cut an edge off of it so that you could like pull it open a little bit. It was like a mm-hmm. sleeve that could open a little bit. And then he used these long screws, really long, like eight inches, and Damn. drilled the screws into the plastic so that when you open the screws. The plastic opened and you created a small vice right sure a gripper yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, the pipe was incredibly strong the grips were incredibly strong and because he inserted the the uh screw mm-hmm. through two pieces of plastic it was totally immobile right and i thought and he did it in like 10 minutes man uh, i i have a soft spot for um youtube shop porn like that it's uh don't get me started on watching lathes man are you kidding me lathes are so thing. fucking sexy for uh, for hours just, yeah yeah yeah. i it's watched like the, the big giant yeah. ones with the trees on them and i saw one the other day which was a root so they put a root on there and where the root was rotted out they ended up using black epoxy yeah. and put the epoxy in the place and turned it into a vase there's so much good shit on youtube yes. <laughs> i can't believe we share that i don't know I, I can watch the, I, I have to stop myself from going further on that. Uh, there are some that like um, where they take epoxy and they glue a bunch of um, colored pencils together and then they like lay that into a thing. Yeah. And it's just like, God, it's, it's so stuff. satisfying to so watch. The other, the other thing I do, which I wonder if you do too, is that I watch these painstaking restorations of like a, a, an antique vice right. or, a, a, you know, completely rusted, corroded, or one of my favorites was an antique anvil, mm. a working anvil that opened and closed and and nothing worked. It was completely frozen, building screws and drilling new holes and yep. using electrical stuff to free stuff up. And you, do you watch those? Not those in particular. The other day I, I, 
I really almost sent you this and I almost said tool of the day. Ha ha. Um, it's this, it's this guy, uh, about my age, uh, who I guess he's like, he's trying to sell these eventually, but, uh, he's a welder and he talked about the, all the problems with existing like work tables. And he talked about how, you know, uh, some of them don't have wheels. So you can't wheel them around the shop. And some of them, uh, aren't exactly flat. And when you're welding, you want to be able to, uh, clamp stuff down for a while. And if, and so you want to be able to clamp stuff like in the middle of the table. And for that, you need a table full of holes and you need a different, it depends on the type of hole that so you want to build a table until so we built a fucking table. And, uh, um, and I would watch that in a and, heartbeat. Yeah. And he, he made it, um, like he wanted it to be, uh, perfectly flat, uh, such that you couldn't fit a very, if you put a, if you put a flat thing on top of it, you couldn't fit a little tiny sliver of anything underneath it. Uh, and so he basically reviewed all of the existing products on the, on the market and, uh, and said, I want to do at least as good or better on these five, uh, uh, measures. Yeah. So I want it to be at least as flat as the flattest one I could find. I want it to be at least as mobile as the mobile one I could find. I want it to be the right size because if it's too small, then you can't, uh, then it's, uh, the smallest ones, the typical thing that you put on it is exactly the same size and that sucks, but also you don't want it too big because you want to be able to reach across it to get a tool. And he went through all of this, uh, rationalization about why he made all these decisions and it was just mesmerizing. <laughs> watch it was just like damn i wish i mean i i wish i needed well okay so to be honest in my line of work i'm super lucky in that i can in the same way that this guy did i can build tools to help me do the job that i want to do uh, like most people can't but i am using tools that i also know how to build so i can like build tools that make my life easier uh-huh. uh, it's just a beautiful place to be in uh, but anyway, that's why you get uh, standing ovations when you speak. Well, I mean, I do stand and I do ovate. So, <laughs> right, I'm ovating right now. <laughs> you're in you're in dangerous territory. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! So, I remember back in episode oh, I want to say sixty three. Um, I said that Trump would only leave office. Yes. When he committed suicide. And little did I know then that the preceding event, which would cause that suicide, was him being found out that he was, in fact, a secret agent and practicing espionage for Russia. Uh-huh. And uh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, but what a, not that he'd be good at anything, but uh, being a secret agent for Russia means not leaving shit at Mar-a-Lago. It means like delivering it to the agents. This is his mistake. This is one of the first times he didn't do what Putin told him to do and how he told him to do it. This I, is one he thought, I'm on the way out. I better grab this stuff because I think Putin may want it. Mm-hmm. And it was sloppily done. And little did he know. No, really? Putin would be Putin. <laughs> Inefficiency by little Donald? did he know that Putin would be, so we, shall we say, just a bit engaged with a little tiny war that was supposed to like take just a few weeks. Uh-huh. Oh Lordy, yeah. Oh Lordy. Well, well that. so, so I have a. I have well, a. Hold on, a, hold on, hold on. Uh, before we leave politics, uh, what about uh, the Cheney dynasty? Oh and, yeah, and right. how she's clear. I mean, 
she seems so likely at the moment to be the first female president. Well, she doesn't have a chance to win the primary. And well, the primary against to... Trump? Yes. She no, it has win. to be a third it has to be a third party. Yeah. Well, the, the third party is a non-starter. Doesn't matter. That's true. It's a non-starter. So Trump has to die first. No, her her job as she says it is to make sure Trump is an elected president. She's not going to do that by running and beating him. She's going to do that by doing a million other things and being incredibly well-funded to be able to do it. Right. Because she is, in fact, now the face of the was the old, must now be the new conservative, truly conservative Republican Party. Indeed, yes. So now what's great about this for her is that there's no doubt, no doubt that she's the leader. Yep. There's no doubt. There's nobody who there's nobody who's contending with her as a leader of the used to be old and now is the new conservative Republican Party. And because of that, and because of her father, who's no fucking slouch in the corporate world, the poor woman is going to be making so much money that she's going to say, this ain't so bad. Mm -hmm. Because what she will be doing is she will be creating what the Democrats will say in an objective setting is what they refer to as the loyal opposition. Because in order for any party of standing to be at its best and to be pointed, always pointed toward the future in the right direction, it does need, in fact, a loyal opposition who will push it and force it and use their leverage to suggest even better ideas. And so each of the two groups vies for a better position, but they each do it in something that Trump doesn't have, a Trump world doesn't have, which is loyalty. Loyalty to what? Well, loyalty to the United States Constitution and democracy of the United States as we know it. <laughs> Trump world, including Tucker Carlson, has every intention of putting forth a vision of replacing democracy with right. an aristocracy. And they want yep. to use Bulgaria as the model. We've talked about this. Yep. I've talked about it at any rate. And, and you hear now uh, in this morning's news uh, in, uh, in um, uh, Morning Joe, where he didn't name one of the oldest friends he has in the Republican Party who he's known forever, who was a, a Reagan Republican conservative, just like Joe, Joe Scarborough. And he said, you know, Joe, we can replace our form of government. Yep. We can replace our form of government. And that's where they're, that's where they're headed. Their, 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 their false uh, 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 hubris is, is, is misunderstanding that their, their violent, uh, misguided, and flawed approach to bring down democracy shouldn't be something that buoys them and say, oh, we almost did it. No, they didn't. They were stopped dead cold in their tracks, regardless of using an incredibly powerful tools and, and approaches with armed insurrection, you know, uh, Mussolini. I mean, now we should, you should post the images of Trump and Mussolini that, that we talked about in episode 63 that are unbelievable. The same right. poses. Sure. The same poses. So don't get me started. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I did. <laughs> well, now you make me feel bad. <laughs> no, yeah, we need to get back to that. When uh, so I saw a news article today where, um, so in the West, in the, in the West, in the rest of Western democracies, uh, we hold election day on a Sunday because fewer people are working. You don't have to take off work. You don't have to like destroy the economy for one day to like have people get off and vote. Um, and you have a day off before then. Well, and then, and then, and then we have the in Spain we have the um, the day of uh, reflection, 
to like where where no one is allowed to campaign and you and the citizens are allowed to just sit and think although really come on people already know who they're going to vote for well uh, that's not but, always the case yeah okay uh but i saw a news article today where in in america they're taking the bold step of uh they've yeah, they've canceled all the NBA games yeah. on on election day. Yeah, so that uh, people won't be distracted. Yeah, and I was just like, "Fuck, man, what? Like, this is this is as good as we can do, but whatever." Well, you know, baby step is the first step, but yeah, it is. It's, what it's it amazing is. how little how little uh, we actually do care about uh, people being able to vote. It's the Republican control. The more people who vote, the less Republicans are voted for. So exactly, it's clear survival is is clearly uh, based on elimination and. And, uh, uh, you know, and confusion, you know, right. suppression, you know. FUD. Do you know that word? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. F-U-D. That's what F-U-D? You use. Yeah. Fear, uncer- fear, uncertainty, and doubt wow. is, what, is, what is, is what you spread when uh, there's a thing that is threatening your organization. Is you, you, have, you try and get people to be afraid and uncertain and doubting their news sources. Man, that's a T-shirt in the making right there, my man. Yeah, man. FUD, That's man. on the front. FUD. Yeah. It's FUD on the you. back in big words. FUD you, mutter, mutter, mutter. Uncertainly. Uncertainty. And uh, what's the third word, D? Dog. <laughs> no. Doubt. <laughs> I doubt it. FUD. Hey, so I I, I had I have some fun to report to you. Fun. So um, than FUD. you know that, that I've talked about my friend Tom Dunfield, the piano player. Yes. Who was playing at O'Duffy's. And uh, have I talked to you since I went down there and uh, and played with him? And then another harmonica player showed up? No. Do oh. tell. So oh, all ears. There's there's hardly anybody there. And my buddy Tom is there, sets up his electric piano. And uh, he introduces me to a guy named Steve, who ends up being Steve from none other than, I learned much later, the Steve Pesci Band which is a band uh, I heard in about 2017, 2018. Steve Pesci, yeah. And he, he, he introduces him as a guitar player, and I erroneously assume that he's got his guitar with him, and he's going to play with Tom. Because the last time I was there, Tom had a guitar player named Jack, and Jack was was uh, was was great. And it was nice to have a piano, electric guitar. So Tom started playing, as Tom would, and uh, some blues tunes, and we just loved to listen to him. I had my harps and had them set up, waiting for when Tom you know, called on me, you know, because yeah. it's his show. And uh, Jack's got no, or not Jack, but uh, Steve's got no guitar in sight, and I assume it's in the car. And um, we get to about the third tune, and I said to Steve, I said, man, you got to get your guitar. And he said, yeah, I should have brought it. Wait, he's an air guitar player. <laughs> but there was no guitar even play was a piano. That's all there was. Okay. Oh, and I said, oh, I, th- I thought you had it on the car, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, and Tom says, why don't you help me out here, Dennis? So I pulled out my harp, and we started playing a duet. And it didn't take long before old Steve, as he would, was hearing in the melodies that Tom was meandering through bluesy tunes. And he just plays and plays. I mean, sure. and um, picks it up sometimes or that. And sometimes actually this, because there's there's people in the audience, he actually does end it at a certain point. Oh, that's but nice. Steve starts singing. Unlike this podcast. To, <laughs> right, no end Or the story. <laughs> Continue. I'm in no hurry. I'm in no hurry. <laughs> We have nowhere to go. And and Steve starts singing, and as he sings, he laughs, and he says, you know, that sounds a little bit like, and he sings a Johnny Cash song, or he sings a Waylon Jennings song, or whatever. And as he starts to sing it, then Tom says, yeah, you're right, and then he starts to play that tune, and so that's how we started playing. God, I hate musicians like that so much. And um, so there's the three of us, and Steve has a great voice. And um, 
and and so I, I, because I played with Tom some, I said, Tom, I want to sing. Let me sing Summertime. And I said, Steve, why don't you sing it? you got such a good voice. I said, you know it? And he says, well, yeah, I know it. I said, do you know to sing it? And he said, well, I don't know to sing it. And as Tom was playing it, Steve was looking at the sheet music or the, the, the yeah. words that I had printed with a, a absolute uncertainty, right. absolutely uncertainty. And I said, do you not feel comfortable doing this? There are a few people in the audience. And he said, I really don't. I said, well, why don't I start with the, the first verse and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you for the second verse and you give it back to me for the third. He says, you're on, man, let's do it. And so, uh, so I, it, Tom says, I'm coming around one more time. And he starts tinkling the keys and uh, I, I, I come and, and uh, summertime and I sing it. Yep. you know clear and nicely i must say and steve looks at me and says holy shit i got you i got you so when it came to the second verse i turned it over to him and he who of course has a powerful voice and right. and he picked up nicely and then he turned it back to me for the third one and we did that and then uh and then shows up this is uh oh i don't know 40 minutes into the into the you know the first sure. the, the two hours in shows kenny who's a harmonica player i've talked about who shows up at the the old dog for open mic night. Right. And he's rambunctious and he loves the blues and he's a good guy, you know? Uh, but you know, as it turns out, he brings in his amp sets up, you know, there's yeah. three of us in this little place that holds like 12 people, amp people, you know, am I right? six tables and mics up and begins to not just play responsive with the, the talent who's Tom on the piano. Oh no. And instead starts playing the harmonica nonstop. Just playing, 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 and you can barely hear the piano, and 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 I just I just sat. What's wrong with these people, man? I just listened the best I could. And at one point, Tom, who's looking a little frustrated, looks at me, and says, "This tune's in the key of C," as if to say to me, and also to Kenny, who had to be listening, hmm. that he wanted me to play. And I thought, well, I undoubtedly I will be sharing the stage with the man who's now standing here with his mic mic'd right. up, with his mic tuned up too loud. Yep. And so I grab grab it as instructed. I grabbed it to the right harmonica, the F the F harmonica, uh, to play it in the key of C. <laughs> and and Kenny just plays louder and more furiously. And I just give I just gave Tom a look, and start you know I, I waited and listened and then then kind of quickly you know put my stuff together. It sounds a bit like what's going to happen on this story here, where I'm going to just play louder and talk louder than you, and then everything is just going to like. Go to me because and I'm then, the most important then, person, and, then, you know, and, and, and I don't really want to hear any more from you because I'm going to talk louder. And then, and then, and then, Steve, while I'm packing up and I leave and say something, oh, my wife called time for dinner, or whatever, which was partly true. Uh, Steve packed up and, and and left too. We had a laugh about it. But here's the point of the story. That's just to say this. Don't be a dick. I said to Steve before he left. I said, "So where you got a band?" He said, "Yeah, I got a band. I got a full band. Plus, I play with a guy, another guitar player." And I said, "Well, where do you play?" And he said, "Well, the big band hardly plays at all anymore. It's so hard to book." We keep losing our drummer. Um, but me and Nathan, we're Isn't playing at Zebs, and we play here, we play there. And I said, what do you play? And he said, well, we play some blues and some uh, uh, country and this. And I said, oh, man. And when we were playing, we he was singing some country, and he said to me, he said, I love that harmonica with these cowboy I said, with cowboy tunes is what I call them. Sure. And, uh, and I said, oh, great. And, and he said, yeah, you ought to join us sometime. And I said, well, I'd love to. I'd love to. So he left, and I wrote him the next day, which was a weekend, and said, where are you playing? And he said, well, I'm playing at Zebs. And, and he called instead. I wrote him, texted him, and he, instead of texting me, he called me. And Ooh, he said, I'm surprised intimate. to hear from you. He said, I'm playing at Zebs tonight. Can you show up? And I said, Yeah. I said, Well, bring your stuff. We'll have some fun. So I did. And I ended up playing like the entire second set, uh, yeah, half the tunes in the first set, and just had a hell of a time with these two guys. 
and played and played and that and we were out at a place called zeb's out of texas quarters and yeah, that my friend is the point of the story the other part was just a prelude that you found laborious and and, and time consuming but but the finale was not laborious nor time consuming no and and i've just had a great time and tonight i'm going to a place that is newly opened which is surprising what their tagline is since they're newly open but it's called liquid note Whoa. and it's a brewery and all the beer that they brew is described as if it's a musician or a piece of music and <sighs> so the analogies are all about music and beer and this place has got music like wednesday which is open mic night which is where i'm headed tonight wednesday through sunday is music but their, their tagline is the uh let's see the uh the premier blues brewery in uh, uh mid michigan yeah. <laughs> it's like well wait a minute okay we just opened up we just opened so, up <laughs> who, who said so so they have like they have like staccato stout and i would uh, imagine that the, the the stout would be like uh uh, Smooth jazz lager. No, it's more bluesy, and I think like it, or, or or maybe some country, but it could be like uh, uh, Folsom Folsom Prison Porter. Ugh. I'm so like I understand that there's a need for this, and I love wordplay more than anyone. Well, but, that's not true because if 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 you did, you wouldn't be saying what you're about but, to say. But go on. But the need to be cute, be cute, and. Every single like you can't just go to a bar in the states anymore and get a beer, a lot a beer. Yeah, that's that's what I love about um, is Smidix, for example, is that it's it's what I consider beer, and the other stuff is just like uh, you know red rosemary raspberry blah 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 uh, cider yeah well yeah and, and it's, just, it's just like come on like uh like do you really have to put all of this different shit into your uh brew cycle to identify to be unique and well I, and i know lots of people that are like oh i love all the sweet stuff i give me the blackberry uh blues uh you know syrup bullshit lager but um i don't know well, my, my read on that is that it's the creative process that produces unique. They're looking for unique. But know this, that almost every brewery I go to has brewed their version of a red or amber ale. And, and yeah. almost without exception, they're not only very good, but they're also very different. And so in the strain of lagers and porters and uh, stouts, Sure. And, and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. There's that creative niche. But then there's the new stuff, which is infused. Right. I'm, I, I, I'm not Fru there. fruity bullshit. But yeah. a lot of people are because they grew up on fucking Coca-Cola. Right. So my, my question is, uh, so 20 years ago, when you went to a bar, there was fucking Budweiser and Miller. That's it. Miller, no, there yeah. were three. There were three, there were three kinds. Three. Okay. Three. Okay. So, but they were Absolutely. all. They were all. They were all. They were all lockers. Like, if a uh, taste test, you might be able to distinct to distinguish. But uh, my question is: twenty years from now, is there is it going to be more diverse, or are we going to uh, converge again on? No, these are the things that people actually like. Let me answer that question by giving you an image. I'm sitting at a new restaurant. I'm sitting at the bar. It's happy hour. It's a great happy hour. 
draft beer is four bucks. All the appetizers in this four star, five star restaurant are half price. Yeah, it's baby. A great, great time. Happy hour. I'm FM. sitting at the bar. I'm watching the bartender and the bartender comes and he makes a mixed drink. She makes a mixed drink. And then she takes this little machine that she has next to her and she pulls what looks to be a tiny little plastic gun. And when she pulls the trigger, the gun, a bubble appears on the end of it. And the bubble, bubble is, in fact, sweet and it's edible. And she puts it over the top of the glass. Yes. So that the glass is domed in a bubble. I see it. And inside the bubble from the mixture of liquor and ice that she put in is what looks to be fog. I've, I've and she serves that. it that way. And when somebody puts their straw into it, maybe the straw was already inserted into it and the bubble was built around it. Mm-hmm. That was pretty new shit to me. I have. There may be the same, but instead of the bubble, instead of the bubble, it puts you in a in a in a mental experience in a vapor because man. when you when you when you grasp the glass of the beer bottle or the the draft glass the, the yes. glass of the draft yes it creates a, a, a connection with you that goes to your brain and puts you in a different spot in a different world in a different country a different place so the beer is the same but it's you that's different that's my prediction for the future wow i'm so glad you asked it's like they, they say that you, the same man never steps in the same river twice because it's never the same river. It's never the same man. Oh, the same man never drinks the same beer twice. Wow, that's right. It's never the same beer. It's never the same man. That's right. Wow. It's never the same. Never the same podcast. So no. number one fifty eight, huh? How's the? Uh, how are the donations going? Are we rolling in the? Rolling in the green? I mean, look, I'm a little disappointed about the color of my sixth uh, Tesla, but you know, yeah, it charges. And it drives. Yeah. Hey, is the is the one dude who was giving us money every month still giving us money? He is. He is. And I love him for it. <laughs> Shout out to him, man. Shout out to him. We got access to his bank account. Is there anything we can do to get more money from him? I mean, go into his no. bank account, and take it, or whatever. I mean, he's loyal. no, no. Loyal. Yeah. What does loyal mean anymore? I mean, I don't think he listens. So, Yakin, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, good luck on the in the Arctic Circle. He lives in the Arctic Circle. Oh no, king. Yeah. So like he he had like. Like a hundred days of of sunlight or whatever recently, in the summer, it's just like, what man? What? What? Are you, what? So, well, anyway. I'm on my way to liquid note, my man. All right. Well, don't drink all your notes and don't uh, piss all your phrases. Well, I drank enough beer that I got to piss, and I know something. I know this, I know this, when I piss, it will be all clear as a bell, because this beer I'm drinking tastes just like hell. Uh. Well, it's grapefruit infused and it's infested with sugar and I hate it, you know, I just hope don't get bitter and I hate what I'm drinking, what could they be thinking? Can't you order, just order a beer? Or a porter. Or a stout. Or a lager. Or an ale. Hey, to your point, though, back in the day, 20 years ago, in fact, further deeper than that, my great uncle, who you've heard, uh, was the brewmaster, and he was putting out a dark beer, a darker beer, a lager, and a Christmas ale. And the Christmas ale had ambiance of red ale. So even back then, it wasn't it wasn't just beer as beer. Of course, that place 
it was in business for, I, I wonder how long it was in business, maybe 50 years, but it didn't last. Nothing lasts, man. Just like this episode, man. Okay, that does it for episode number 158. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 158. There are not too many this week, but that video of the guy making the amazing table is worth your time. You can support the show at patreon.com slash happyhour. And just be a good person. Try and help somebody. We'll see you next week.